Hello friends and welcome to the Perspective Podcast where we review books so you don't have to read the back cover or whatever. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Happy September by the way. We got a lot of love on our last episode, Baba Segi, and we are so glad it resonated with all of you. We truly appreciate it. On that high, let's jump right into our episode today. Another very exciting book from West Africa, you guys. Purple Hibiscus. It was written by none other than Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, who is a renowned author and feminist. This is her first novel and it was published by Algonquin Books in 2003. In the book, the title was featured as an experiment to see whether purple hibiscuses would thrive. We all know hibiscuses are red and so for an experiment to see whether purple hibiscuses would actually grow and thus that's why the book was named Purple Hibiscus. It is set in post-colonial Nigeria, a country beset by political instability and economic difficulties. They are under a repressive military regime. This work of art is divided into three distinctive parts, and I'll just quickly go over them. Number one, Palm Sunday, Breaking Gods. Number two, Before Palm Sunday, Speaking with Our Spirits. And number three, After Palm Sunday, The Pieces of Gods. So basically what I'm trying to say is you will not find chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Those are the three distinctive parts that you'll find in the book. And the themes are drawn from these three parts. These three parts tell the lives of our characters through the protagonist's eyes as their country evolves, making them adapt and as the world around them changes. Our protagonist's name is Kambili. She's a 14-year-old girl and she's not your typical 14-year-old, actually. She lives in her mind, saying very little, but always very observant. Her father, Eugene Achike, a.k.a. Papa, is a staunch Catholic man. He lives by the book and the teachings given to him by the priests. He doesn't even like Igbo songs being sung in church. He also prefers his children to speak in English only, as in imagine the level of colonization. He rules his house with an iron fist and almost like a tyrant. Everyone walked on eggshells around him, including his wife Beatrice. He owns and runs successful businesses in the newspaper industry and candy factories. He was dearly loved by everyone because of his generosity and humility. That's to the people outside his immediate family. His newspaper is based on the truth, which was desperately needed at the time in a country full of strife from the military regime. This would, however, prove to be a dangerous affair as his editor is targeted by the regime. His opinion mattered the most to his daughter Kambili as she desperately wanted to please him. Right off the bat, I can tell this is going to be a good story. His wife Beatrice, aka Mama, runs the household from the shadows of her husband's strict set of rules and instructions. She is privy to everything she needs apart from peace of mind. 
their relationship is fragile at best since she strives to be the best wife while desperately trying to cling to her sanity. She falls victim to Eugene's numerous bursts of anger, leaving her with emotional and physical wounds. She had two miscarriages that were as a result of the beating she underwent. I believe she stayed to protect her children, but even then, that wasn't enough to keep them from Eugene's heinous punishment methods. Their children, Jaja and Kambili, are both in their teen years. In the real world, they would be expected to be truant and rebellious. Not in Papa's house, though. They had schedules that outlined their daily activities, with a time cap on each one, even weekends and holidays. The luxurious tidbits in their house were almost ornamental since they never used any of their electronics. Things would, however, take a turn when they visited their cousins in Suka. Their auntie, Ifeoma, was a lecturer at the University of Nigeria. She has three kids, Amaka, Obiora, and Chima. Her husband passed away and she's had to raise them by herself, at least for the most part. She's Catholic but liberal, much unlike her brother Eugene. Ifeoma is strong-willed, independent, trying her best to provide her family with the best she can. She's very affectionate and it shows. While at Nsuka, Kambili meets Father Amadi. Y'all know I'm going with this, right? Perhaps you don't, so I'm going to tell you anyway. She has an intense connection with this minister, and they quickly form a bond unlike any he had with his congregants and the rest of the family. You'll have to read the novel, as no words I use shall do their relationship justice. It's at this point that Papa loses the grip on his children, they know there's consequences to their actions, but after experiencing unbounded joy for the first time ever, they know things in their household are going to change. As things tumble in their Chike household, so do things come crashing down in the country as the economy dwindles, leading to university strikes demanding for basic needs. This results in the abrupt halt of Antifioma's career. Father Amadi is also reassigned. Soon after, another tragedy strikes. Papa mysteriously dies in his office. The tide of change blows over so quickly, Kambili and Jaja are left to pick up the pieces. Turns out the murder was an inside job, like literally inside his house. As fragile as things were in their family, they were even more volatile in Nigeria at the time. I recently watched a video of the Biafran war that lasted way much longer than the regime thought it would. The Igbo were relentless in their fight against the Northern Hausa and Yoruba. In that three-year period, though, that Jaja was locked up, things changed immensely. Auntie Fioma and her family went to the States, Father Amadi went to Germany, and Kambili and Mama gave out lots of hefty bribes to acquire and to sustain judges, lawyers, and prison wardens, which wasn't something they did naturally. What remained was memories of better days, laughter in Auntie Fioma's house, friendship between Kambili and her cousins, and the longing feeling of being with Father Amadi. This and the lessons she learned about her grandfather, a traditionalist, not a pagan, as Papa had led them to believe. This is a story about the African culture, 
The kinky hair of the African girl, the rugged features of a country continuously pounded by civil unrest and religious duty. I watched Chimamanda's TED Talk recently, and there's a statement that she gave that really struck me. Her exact words were, show our people as one thing over and over again, and that is what they become. Power is not only the ability to tell the story of another person, but also to make it the definitive story. From the book Papul Hibiscus, we see that she has really brought out the themes that Africans need to know about themselves. And even here at Perspective Podcast, that's what we aim at, telling the African story over and over again until it becomes the story that we all believe and the story that we all want to share with everyone else. You can tell she poured her heart out to bring this tale, and I can tell you it's a worthy read. I highly recommend you read it. Have you read this book yet? If yes, please comment on what was most thought-provoking to you. If not, grab your copy at Rafu Books. It costs about 1,200 Kenya shillings. If you prefer soft copies, be sure to grab it at Reading Culture on Instagram. Many thanks to Linda for lending me her copy. You have really good taste. Thank you. My name is Sophie Riziki and thank you for tuning in to the Perspective Podcast today. Stay tuned in for our next episode. We shall be having a guest for the very first time. So, 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 so excited. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at PerspectivePod1 and let's have a conversation online. International Podcast Day is also coming up on 30th September. Listen in, guys. Join us to celebrate the essence and importance of podcasts then. Till next time, have a good one, folks. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts.